Welcome to Preach to Teach. I'm your host, Pastor Cliff Miller Sr. This part of the show is called Basic Training. Some might call it Bible Study, but we call it Basic Training because we start with the basics. A little bit at a time, not trying to overwhelm you or impress you with fancy words and sayings. If you're looking for a performance, this ain't that show. If you're looking for somebody to manipulate the word to make you feel good and make us sound impressive, this ain't that show. Dr. Lehman Newtall, Senior Pastor of Thy Word Worship Center, located in Plymouth, Minnesota, breaks the word down in a way that everybody can understand, showing you the Greek and Hebrew translations that you may not know the meaning to, making sure that you have all the tools as a Christian to handle the ways of the world. So without any further ado, let's jump right into this session of basic training with Dr. Lehman Newtall. At this time, let's pray. Bow heads, look to heaven. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you for another day. I thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for those under the sound of my voice, those that are listening, God. Thank you for them, Lord. Give them a supernatural extra blessing, Lord, for being about your business, to be hungry after your word, Lord. So give us what we need tonight. Give us what we need to carry us through the rest of the week until the appointed time for us to meet you back again on this platform. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. All right. So we'll get started. So tonight, we call it basic training. Learning about the word. And getting to know my Bible. I want you to write that down. Get it to know my Bible. And so... We're going to talk about a topic tonight, and this is a serious, serious topic, and, you know, me being a pastor, I mean, if I was just an evangelist, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I'd just say, go, you know, you just point, and dust say the Lord, and, you know, a lot of people that travel around preach, they, they have a different personality, but, you know, I, pastors have different personalities, and uh, I try to make sure I I don't want to come across being ins- inconsiderate or not being compassionate because a pastor should be compassionate. At the same time, not sugarcoating the word of God with same-sex marriages. Same-sex marriages. And my position is this. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it because it has to be talked about. And so what does the Bible say? Because that's what I'm interested in. I want to know what the word says. And, you know, I, and uh, I know, I know we live in a society where the, 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 the government, the government and the, the, the U.S. Supreme courts control laws policies and so you know just uh, uh just last year they overturned 
law that allowed women to have an abortion legally. Roe versus Wade. I'm quite sure you're familiar with Roe versus Wade. Yeah, 1973 that they overturned that case in court and the women, women, that woman else and women throughout the United States, they, they won the right to have an abortion if they wanted to. So it was legalized. And, but just last year, after 50 years, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned that, that law. And now it, it, it's they, they, they ruled it illegal to, for a woman to have an abortion. So it's not a law that says that you can do it. But they put it upon each state to decide whether they wanted that law in their state. So it was up to the governor of each state, 50 states. Our governor in our Minnesota, he has made it okay and allowed that law to stand so women can have the right, a right to have an abortion. And uh, I heard somebody, I heard a preacher say that Jesus was pro-choice. And if you know your, <laughs> if you know your policies, uh, pro-choice means a person have a woman have a right to decide whether she want to have a baby or not if she's pregnant. Um, now, pro uh, to be pro-choice, <laughs> and the other one set my mind up. Uh, anyway, a woman who does do decide to have an abortion, they have a right to. Pro-life, that's what I'm trying to say. Forgive me, had a, had a brain freeze. Pro-life means that that's a group who don't believe in abortions. So they don't believe in a woman having an abortion. So that's a fight that's going back and forth. But legally, it's allowed. It's not allowed in certain states unless the governor allows it. Now, my question is this. Just yesterday, now this is not a question, but just, just, just yesterday, I saw the governor of this state, Minnesota, sign into law a bill that allows affirming, gender affirming care. That means the, the, the LGBTQ community, the gay community, lesbian, uh, bisexual, trans and transsexuals, transgenders have this, they have legally have these, what do you call, they have the medical and these aid that they give to, to, to certain people. At first, they didn't have the right to have this kind of treatment or to have these kind of surgeries if they want to change their sex to a different sex. But now it's been passed and now it's law. They have to treat them at these hospitals. So it's protecting their rights. Now, it's legally, it's legal, but is it moral? That's my question. 
And here's where we here's where the rubber meets the road because this is a very controversial and emotional topic. Because since some of these laws get passed, and they're and I look on it, listen, they are even starting to teach young kids it's so widespread acceptable transgenders and uh that they're starting to teach it in, in classrooms. And they're teaching the younger kids at a younger age that this is okay. And so here's my point. Not trying to be harsh or inconsiderate or not compassionate. I still have to I have to know what the word of God says. So let's go. Let's go to the word of God. Turn to Acts chapter five. We come, we're going to talk about, is it legal versus moral? The legal law versus the moral law. Now, I like to go to the scriptures. Let's see what the Bible says. I'm going to read this out of a new translation. Of, it's called the Living Bible translation. I like this translation because it, it hits it right on the head. Right on target. Acts chapter 5, beginning with verse 5. It's quite a bit of scriptures, but stay with me because it's relevant. 12, Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to 42. And it reads, Meanwhile, the, the apostles were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Hall. And they did many remarkable miracles among the people. The other believers didn't, they didn't dare to join them because they were nervous, but they all had the highest regard for, for them. And more and more believers were added to the Lord. Crowds, both men and women, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow would fall across some of them as they went by. Verse 16, and, and crowds came in from the Jerusalem suburbs, bringing the sick folks and those possessed by demons, and every one of them was healed. The high priest and his relatives and friends among the Sadducees reacted with violent jealousy, and they arrested the apostles, and they put them in the public jail. Verse 19, but an angel of the Lord came at night opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, the angel told the apostles, go back over to the temple and preach about this life. They arrived at the temple about daybreak and immediately began the preaching. Later that morning, the high priest and his courtiers arrived at the temple and convening the Jewish council. I'm going to come back to that the Jewish council and the entire Senate. They sent for the apostles to be brought from jail. But when the police arrived at the jail, the men weren't there. The apostles wasn't there. So they returned to the council and reported that. The jail doors were locked and the guards were standing outside. But when they opened up the gates, no one was there. Keep going with me. This is relevant. When the police captain and the chief priest heard this, they were fr frantic and 
wondering what 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 would happen next and where all this would end. Then someone arrived with the news that the men had jailed were out in the temple. It was preaching to the people again. And the police went with his officers and arrested them again and wanted to kill them. And they brought them back before the council. Did we tell you never again to preach about this Jesus? The high priest demanded. And instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring the blame for this man's death on us. Meaning he was telling the people that the Jews were responsible for, for Jesus being crucified. But, verse 29, what well, Peter and the apostles replied, here we go, underline this verse in your Bible. We must obey God rather than man. The God of our ancestors brought Jesus back to life again, and you, you had killed him and by hanging him on the cross. Then with mighty power, God exalted him to be a prince and savior so that the people of Israel would have an opportunity for repentance and for their sins to be forgiven. And we are witnesses of these things. Now, verse 33 said, at this, the council was furious and they decided to kill them. But one of the members of the Pharisees named Gamaliel an expert in the law stood up and requested that the apostles be set outside of the council chambers while they talked. Then he addressed the council. He said, men of Israel, take care of what you are planning to do. So be careful what you're planning to do to these men. Because some time ago, another fella named Astadius, he pretended to be someone great and about 400 people joined him, but he was killed and his followers aimlessly dispersed and after him at the time the taxation there was a man named Judas of Galilee he drew away some people as his disciples but he also died and his followers scattered so my advice is leave these men alone if what they teach and do is merely on their own it will soon be overthrown but if it is of God you will not be able to stop them unless you find yourself fighting against God. The council accepted his advice, called in the apostles, had them beat, and then told them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they finally let them go. Verse 41 said, they left the council chamber rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer dishonor in their name. The last verse says, and every day in the temple and in their home Bible classes, they continue to teach and preach that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, let me tell you who the council was. The council was the Sanhedrin. Uh-huh. See, the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin is the equivalent to the Supreme Court that we have in the United States. The Sanhedrin was 70 members. They were, they were some of them the high priests, some of them were Pharisees, some of them were Sadducees, and they, they made up this council. They was the most powerful group in Israel. They made the laws and they passed the laws and they changed the laws. But when it came for them to tell the disciples, the apostles, 
that you can't talk about this man's name. You can preach about anybody else's name, but you can't use Jesus. Well, they say, well, you might as well throw us in jail because we're not going to stop doing it. See, because when it comes down to obeying man over what God said doing, that's wrong. Now, you may change the law and make it legal, just like they tried to do to Daniel and three Hebrew boys. They, the, the, the king made a decree that they couldn't pray and that they shouldn't pray at a certain time. But they had... Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they were dedicated to their God, and they wasn't gonna stop praying to God just because a king or someone that's powerful and up in, in, in stature told them not to pray. So they got thrown in the lion's den. They said, "Well, throw me in because if God said do it, He'll deliver us. But if He don't, I know He can't." You see, they can change the law and make it legal. But it's morally right in, in God's eyes. You see, the, 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 the apostles, they knew if God said to do a certain thing, to do it, no matter what it takes. Did they have a choice to obey God rather than the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin? Yeah, they had a choice. But here's the catch. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, one verse, verse 21. Not everyone that said unto me, this is Jesus talking, not, not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. See, they knew. They knew the will of God. God told them to go out and preach to all nations, baptizing them, making disciples, teaching them what you've learned. Jesus said, now you go and teach. They wasn't going to stop teaching or preaching because they knew that was the will of God. And, and they already knew, if you don't do the will of God, heaven is not your resting place. So they can change the law, but they can't change and turn you against God. No, they can make a law legal, but if it's just not morally right, if if it's against God's word, they have no, they can't force you to do it. And if they want to throw you in jail, you get get some bond money together. So you got to understand God's will is more important than in person. What does this word says about? Sex changing and genders changing, and then these different groups that's popping up when laws are changed. Don't get mad at me. Just read the Bible. See, there's something. There's something about the Bible. Like some people don't want to read it because if they don't read it, it won't bother them. But if you read it. There's a difference between reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and following the Word of God, and believing the Word of God. Because what you know to do right, once you know the truth, then it'll set you free. I want you to look. I mean, is it legal? <laughs> and I tell you, it, it's, it's legal 
and lawful in certain denominations. Certain denominations, they don't allow gay pastors. In certain denominations, they have gay pastors. But it's morally right. I ordained a, a gay person, a, a woman that at Apostolic Church, I was a part of this church 20 years ago, and I was on the board in charge of ordaining up-and-coming ministers. And I had a meeting with a bunch of bishops about this lady. Well, about the whole group that was getting ready to be ordained. They were up to be up for ordination. And I met with about six bishops, and one of the bishops had a problem with one of the women. And he started saying all the things that she was into and she things that she used to do and her lifestyle and she was she was a gay but I, I I interviewed the woman and that she told me that that wasn't she wasn't in that, that lifestyle anymore so in my in my mind and in my in my opinion that was her past so I, I had to stop him in the meeting I said Bishop you gotta we, we're not talking about her past we want to talk about her present. What is she doing now? It, it, she's not into the lifestyle. I know this denomination don't accept that. He said, well, all right then. I said, well, let's give her the benefit of a doubt. So later on when we did her name, I told her that. I said, listen, if, you, if you're still into this lifestyle, you know that this, this denomination does not condone it and they don't accept it and your ordination will be nullified. He said, well, I understand all that. I'm not doing that anymore. We'll come to find out she was still doing it. But those were the policies and the rules set forth in the, in the denominations. So different denominations have different doctrines and teachings. But what does, what does the word say about it? How does God feel about it? Let's look at Genesis chapter 19. And before I read Genesis chapter 19, beginning at verse 1, let me give you a backdrop let me set this up now Genesis chapter 18 the chapter right before this one the Bible says that that the Lord appeared to Abraham on a summer day and the Lord came along with two other angels and Abraham invited them in he invited them to come on in and come out the sun and come on in and eat and, and, and get some rest and, and before you be on your way I, we want you to get refreshed and so they came on in and they, they started talking and, the, and, and one of the angels said where's your wife Sarah where's Sarah your wife he said yeah she's out in the tent and the angels told Abraham I will return next year at this time and she'll have a son of course you know the story she laughed some of you that don't know the story I'm gonna, I won't enlighten you and so she laughed because she was old and the, the angel said she laughed and said oh, I, I am way too old to be having a, having a child and so she laughed but the angel said is there anything too hard for God and so the angels got up and he said, we have to go down to Sodom 
we have to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah because we've heard some utterly wicked things that was going on in that city. And we have to go down to investigate to see if it's true. Now let's look at uh now before before we go to chapter 19, Abraham said, No, please don't destroy the town because he knew Lot was dead. So don't don't destroy it. He said, if there's 50 righteous people in the city, will you spare the city? You know the story. God said, Yeah, I won't, I won't destroy it if you find 50. Abraham said, wait a minute, God, let me ask you this. What if I find 40? He said, if you find 40, he said, 45. If you find 45, I'll, he said, no, what if I find 40? He said, if, I find, if you find 40, I won't destroy it. He said, broke it down to 30. He said, well, if I find 30, will you not destroy it? Would you spare the city? He said, yeah. If you find 30, he said, well, Lord, I don't want to be, be, I don't want to be sound uh, irritating to you, but if, if it finds 20, he said, if you find 20, I won't destroy it. He said, Lord, how about 10? If I find 10, God said, if you find 10 righteous people among this wicked people, I won't destroy it. Now, as you know, that's where we get to chapter 19. He said, now that evening, verse 1, Genesis chapter 19. That evening, two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom, and Lot was sitting there as they arrived. And when he saw them, he stood up to meet them and welcomed them. He said, come on into my house and be my guest for the night. And you can come up as early as you want to, and you'll be on your way again. And the angel said, no, thanks, we'll be all right. But he was urgent at the at last they went home with him and he said a great feast before those angels and as he was preparing to retire from the night the men of the city the sodomites young and old from all over the city surrounded the house of life and they shouted to life bring out those men to us so we can rape them this is, the new, this is the New Living Translation. The King James said, no death. And you know, in, in Hebrew language, the Bible says, there's a word that means, that says new. The Bible says in Genesis chapter four that Adam knew Eve and they conceived the child. So it doesn't mean theoretical knowledge. It means that they were intimate. So they wanted to be intimate with these men. These men wanted to be intimate with, this, with these angels. They wanted to have sex with them. And of course, Lot wouldn't let him. Lot offered his daughters for them instead of having the angels, having these men go out. And no, they didn't want them. They didn't want the women. They wanted the men. So if you can finish reading the story, that because they were so wicked, those two angels who they thought they was gonna have sex with, they told Lot, you better get your kids, get your family, and everybody that's kidding you can get, y'all better get out of town, but we're getting ready to tear it down. We're getting ready to destroy this whole city because they're wicked. And they did. 
they destroyed the town. Somebody said, well, that's the old testament. Well, let's look at let's look at the more, more of the old testament. Look at look at Leviticus chapter 18. I'm gonna show you some scriptures. This is, this is how God feels about same sex or, or even just homosexuality. Genesis Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. The New Living Translation says homosexuality is absolutely forbidden. But it says, is it an enormously sin? It's an enormous sin. Verse 22, a man shall have no sexual intercourse with any female animal thus defiling himself and a woman must never give herself to a male animal. So it goes on. So the, but the first thing is he said that homosexuality is absolutely forbidden. Look at chapter 20, verse 13, Leviticus. The penalty for homosexuality acts is death by both parties. They have brought it upon themselves. Somebody must, once again, people will say, well, that's the old testament that's the old covenant well first of all in genesis there wasn't a there wasn't the law they wasn't under that law okay it hasn't been that law hasn't been in place yet this was under the law but in genesis was it wasn't so we understand how god feels about this lifestyle god said it was an abomination he wanted to separate his people Jews, the Israelites, he didn't want them to be like any other, the other, any of the other nations that were around them, because they were going to represent him. Fast forward. We go to Romans chapter one. Somebody say that's the New Testament. Yeah, that's that's the New Covenant. And I'll read in Romans. Paul, this is Paul talking, the Apostle Paul. For those of you who are new and just learning your Bible. Let's see what God has to say about it. Look at chapter 1 at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifested in them for God has shown it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power God hid so that they have, have no excuse because of that when they knew God they glorified him not as God. Neither was thankful, but became vain in their own imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and birds and four 
four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the cre creature more than the creator. For this cause God gave them up unto their vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust toward one another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meant. And verse 28, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to themselves to a reprobate mind to do the things that are not convenient. What did I just read? This is the Apostle Paul explaining that the people knew who God was and they knew the truth. They knew the kind of lifestyle that, that God was okay with. But they said, well, okay, God, well, we know what you like, but listen, we feel this way. This is how I feel. So they, they kept doing it and they kept doing it. God said, I'll give you up. I'll give you up. I'll let you take care of yourself. I'll turn you over to yourself. And that's the last thing you want God to do, turn you over to yourself. This is the new covenant. This, this, this is Paul explaining to the Romans. That's not acceptable if you're following Christ, Jesus. He had to teach these Romans because they weren't like the Jews. They, they, didn't, they didn't understand one God worshiping one God. They had many gods. This is Paul talking. And I'm almost done, y'all. But I'm gonna, I, I wanted to know what, what God said and how, how does God feel? Is it morally right? Well, let's keep going. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians, somebody said, that's the new covenant. Yeah, that's the New Testament. First, first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. I heard somebody say, "I want to be in the will of God." Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. By the way, before I read this, we have a friend, my wife and I. We have a mutual friend who was a homosexual lifestyle. Not gonna say his name, but we had been knowing him for years and years and years. Treated him like a brother. Treated him like family. He was just a friend. And we didn't we didn't criticize him. We didn't we didn't make him uncomfortable when he came around us. I mean we didn't talk about it. Showed him love. But it's like almost 20 something years later, one night, in fact it was a few months ago, my wife got a text from him. And she, he asked my wife, he said, do, do, do you think in my lifestyle that I have, do you think I, I, I can make it to heaven? 
being gay. My wife, me and her talked about it, and she, she, she used so much wisdom. She didn't preach to him. She didn't belittle him, and she didn't make him feel bad. She texts him this scripture right here. And the rest is nothing but amazing. Because right now, after we signed up in this scripture, we a few days later, changed his lifestyle. After been in that lifestyle just about all of his life, started dressing like a man again. And then just wouldn't, oh, you just wouldn't believe it. Went back to his family, his kids, started being a daddy and thanked my wife. He said, thank you for, thank you for, Thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for showing me the truth. Let's read the scripture. Let's read what he read. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. This is Apostle Paul talking again. He said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceivers, nor fornicators. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's in the Bible. Fornication is... Is sleeping, sleeping with somebody that you're not married to. No idolaters, no adulterers. Those are people who sleeping with somebody and you is married and you sleep with somebody else. No effeminate, no abusers of themselves with mankind. Wait a minute. What is a effeminate? This is the King James Version. If you King James translations translated as effeminate. Look the word up. And it means womanish. It means a man acting feminine. A man acting like a woman. Uh, and it, it had a synonym in, inside the inside the uh, definition. It said sissy. So I'm not calling nobody names, but I'm just saying that there's, there's talk. This is talking about a man acting like and dressing like and, and pretending and thinking he's and want to be called a woman but you're a man this scripture woke that that man up and it ain't never too late because he's not a young man he's old older but he changed the scripture changed him he wanted to know what god said he didn't want my opinion he didn't want her opinion he didn't want her theory He want to know what, the, what God said. Because he want to go to heaven. Just like I do. I thank God for Pastor uh, Donnie McClinton. When I heard his testimony, it, it, it blew me away. Pastor McClinton. Donnie McClinton, he's a senior pastor. He was gay. He's an open gay lifestyle. But one day God got a hold of him. One day the truth got a hold of him. He read it for himself. You can Google Donald McClurkin, Bishop Pastor Donald McClurkin. Look at, check him out. Check what he had to say about what he used to think and how he used to think and what he used to do versus what he do now, what he know now, what he believe now. The word of God changed his life. Now his testimony is helping people all over the world. Amen. I don't have any hard feelings toward anybody that's gay or homosexual. That's listen. We had a member of our church before they moved off. That they moved and left town. They had to move because of financial situation, living situations. 
had his mother worked with us. Her son wanted to be on the dance team, the praise team. He could dance. And he was gay, openly gay. So me being a pastor, having compassion, I didn't tell him you can't, you are not getting ready to dance in this church. No, I called him in the office. I told him how I feel and what I believe and what the Bible says. And he said, Pastor, I don't want to be like this. I want to change. I want to, I want to be right before God. I want to go to heaven. I said, you really want to change? He said, yes. I say, all right. I'm going to let you dance. And I let him dance. Then I told him after that time, I said, listen, I want you to have, I want you to go ahead and sit and I want you to work on change, work on, work on being different and getting your mind straight and then we'll let you be full time on the dance. Well, we went out of town one day. I'm going to do this testimony and I'll be done. We left town. While we were gone, his mother had him go out there and dance while we were gone. Yes, right. His friend had died. The, the, the companion that, she, that he was involved with committed suicide. Jumped off a bridge. Killed himself. He came in my office crying. Bit, just bit. I'm talking about broken pieces. Then lost his mate. And so he wanted he wanted he, he wanted some consolation. He wanted to be consoled, not counseled at that time. He just needed to be comforted. And I did that. And at the same time, he said, I'm, I'm I want to change. I don't want to wind up like that. So while we were gone, his mother let him dance. We came back, found out about it some of the members who was self-righteous, they packed up and left the church, quit the church, offended because he danced. They didn't know he was thinking about suicide after his mate committed suicide. They didn't know he wanted to change. So that's different between ministers and pastors. All pastors are not, all pastors are ministers, but not all ministers are pastors. It's ministers that feel negative toward him, didn't have no compassion, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have any grace and, and, and mercy to give him a chance, give him time to change, didn't understand that he was dealing with a lot of stuff in his mind, and so that wasn't the right time to be uh, uh, making him feel bad about himself and not giving him some kind of grace, but I, get, I did give him grace and I'll do it again, but he understood my position, he knew I wasn't condoning something that God was not pleased with. Because if I didn't read it, I wouldn't have believed it. But I read it. And it's, it's in the word of God. Amen. So, there you have it. There you have it. And I know there's some people, listen, if you really want to, if you really want to do something, it doesn't matter what nobody say. That's the way this world is. But, if God says something and it's clear, 
see the word abortion is not in the bible so you can't you know you get you get some scriptures that you can you kind of put some things together and say well now god is not pleased with that but we're not talking about abortion now we're talking about homosexuality and gay lesbian transgenders lifestyle Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created man, male and female in his own image. He created them, male and female. That's what God created. He didn't create nothing else that was human. And so don't shoot the messenger. You got your right to your opinion, and so do I. You don't have to obey the laws of this country. But you have to cut, deal with the consequences if you break them. You don't have to follow God's laws. But there are consequences if you do. And me, myself, personally, I'd rather obey God than get a man to make me go against the word of God. To, to, to satisfy my desires. Now, because no, I know one day I'm going to stand before God. And the scripture says that he that know to do right, to them it is sin. See, if you don't know, if you're ignorant and don't know, you're not held accountable. It's what you do know and don't do. You got to answer to that. I got to answer. Amen. Praise God. All right, I am. I'm wrapping this up. I've given I've given you the scriptures that the Lord gave me, and you can study them. You can double check them, triple check them if you want to. Amen. So we talked about legal law versus the moral law. Praise God. What a powerful word tonight. I want to just say, what a powerful word tonight. Can we just give God praise on this line for knowing the scriptures about homosexuality and? all this stuff that's going on in the world we need the word of god to to apply all that is going on in the world right now because when we see this kind of things that's happening in the world right now we have scripture on this we have the word of god to apply to this if we run into any any people that's in that kind of relationship and they want answers and i thank god for the word of god tonight because i'm seeing so much of this now in the earth and people just don't even have no respect for God like they should if they really knew the word of God. You can be delivered from that spirit. That's an, uh, 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 a person that don't know who they really are. That's an uh, identity crisis. I can say that. My uncle was in a, 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 a he was a, a homosexual for many years, started when he was young, if I can say this. And he started with, from when he was really young and, and, and it went on and on. So we learned to embrace that. We learned to embrace that. But when we got to know the Lord, and start walking in the favor of God and, and being saved. I can say this, that my uncle changed his life when he saw the Christ in us. And before he passed away, if I can say this, before he passed away, he gave his life to Christ. He had to leave Chicago and come all the way up here to Minnesota just to give his life to Christ because the churches wouldn't allow him to even come in the churches. They wouldn't even let him, they wouldn't even allow him to come in services in the church. They would put him out. 
So he came all the way here to Minnesota when we moved here, got saved, changed his life. And after that, he got really sick. And when he got sick, he was in the hospital. He called for a couple of me and my sisters to come down and pray with him. And he turned his life over to Christ after that. And let me tell you, I know God is a God that 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 would change your life. He changed his life right in the hospital when he could when he when he began to confess his sins, even in that hospital room, he began to get up out of that bed and begin to minister the word of God, begin to preach the gospel. Many in that hospital room had got saved in that hospital, had got saved. And when he left, he made it plain and clear. I do not want to be buried in a dress or a wig. I want to be buried in a suit. I want to be buried as a man that God brought me to be in the earth. Let me tell y'all something. Don't tell me what God can do. He can change anybody that want to be changed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody ought to give God praise on this line today. Hallelujah. He you. Hallelujah. You have to want to change. And I know that in this day now we have an identity Christ. People don't know who they are. They go about what people say they are. You're not that. God would change you like he changed Jacob's name to Israel. I got it. Well, anytime you have pastors coming out the closet, these yeah. men, you don't, I mean, pastors marrying men. Yeah. Pastors, yes. I'm talking about bishops. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what kind of twisted work I'm talking about now? It's one thing to not know the word, uh -huh. but to know the word. Well, see, that's what Romans chapter Come one. On, was sir. About. Romans chapter one was talking about people who knew God, uh -huh. yes. and they decided, you know what, I'm gonna do my thing anyway. Uh -huh. And this this is happening in the church. The devil is speaking to these people, and they. I'm telling my people, like you said, you know who you are now. But there's some people who are confused right. about that sexual that sexuality and what because somebody said something and they believe uh -huh. a lie. Come on now. Yeah. I know somebody wants to know the truth. The tide is confusion. The state is saying one thing, Supreme Court is saying one thing, the president of the United States is saying one. It's like who, who? What do I believe? Who do I believe? Uh huh. I got. I got some good answers. Some good news. And that news is me. Here's what you should believe. Believe what God said. That's it. All right, God. How how can they know unless somebody sent? Mm. We got to get up off our. This is. It's, it's too many people dying, and it's too many people confused. And when you know the truth. The truth will set you free. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands. If you listen to this, and I got some prayer warriors that's listening to this right now, who, who gonna pray with me? They mm. praying for you, and I'm gonna lead you. I'm gonna lead you to the sinner's prayer because this is the this you, you've been set Thank up by the Jesus. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. It's a, it's a setup. You're hearing this, and it's no mistake. It's no accident. God can set you up to bring you out. My God, Father, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. If, you, if you're dealing with some confusion and the enemy had told you you was born like this, you was born as a man to like men, if you was born as a woman and you like women, even if, even if you're a woman 
that used to like man and man thought you so bad you went to another woman to get some consolation and some comfort. I'm talking to you too. right now, God. My God. Lord, my God. This, this is the time to say, Lord, I change my mind. Today, I repent of my sin. Restore. Repeat oh, after Father, me. In the name of I repent of my sin. That means I'm changing my ways. I'm turning from a lifestyle that you're not pleased with, and I'm going to turn to Christ. Lord, I don't know it all. I don't know everything, but I know that you do. So I ask that you forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, my God. Come into my heart and give me a new heart and a new mind so I can serve you, Lord, all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. I believe, come on, say, I believe that Jesus the Christ died on the cross for my sins. But on the third day, I, he, he rose again. And he's at heaven right now on the right hand of the Father, advocating for me, praying for me. So from this day forward, Come into my heart. Thank you for not letting me die in my sins. Thank you, Lord, for letting me come home. In Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, if you said that prayer, and you mean it from the bottom of your heart, God has written your name in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. You can visit us if you want to be a part of the church. The address is 4325 Zachary Lane. Our service starts at 1230. You don't want to miss this kingdom move of God that is going on in the earth right now. Amen. If anybody want to sow a seed tonight, I just want to let you know you can put it onto a, a, a cash app, dollar sign, capital L-E-M-A-N, capital N-U-T-A-L-L. -L. That's Bishop Lehman Newtall, but you're just adding the, the cash app with Lehman Newtall on it. Bless the man of God. You'll be blessed. He's feeding us the word of God. And uh, listen, sometimes we got to put a seed on that word. If you know that that word hit you tonight and you want to demonstrate that word to some people that you know need to come out of some lifestyles. So God ain't giving you the scriptures. He didn't give you the word. People are confused. People don't understand a lot what's going on right now, but we know we're in the last days. We know that Jesus Christ is about to come. Whenever you see all this snow and all this, this these earthquakes and all these storms and tsunamis in the earth, we know that God is up to something. And so that means we got to keep our house in order and we got to keep pushing toward the prize and keep believing and trusting God in this hour. And I just want to end it with that. We love you all. God bless you. Thank you.